You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? Thanks for checking out this episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. I am your host, Lurk. This is episode number 47. Yo, I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're not bummed out about the pandemic, about the lockdown, about whatever else is going on in your life. I hope it's going good for you. I want to give a quick shout out to the PR people that we deal with on a somewhat regular weekly basis. Without those guys, we wouldn't get some of the guests that we have on the show, so I would like to shout those individuals out as a collective group. Thank you, PR people that I deal with. And uh, because it's not every day that I get to disconnect with someone on Twitter and it goes as smoothly. Sometimes I need some help from behind the scenes. So thank you. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, we greatly appreciate it. And please consider throwing us a follow, subscribe, maybe leave us a rating and a review. It greatly helps us out with the podcast algorithm. And if you share an episode with your friends, it greatly helps our reach. Visit lambgoat.com to stay up to date with what's going on in the hardcore and metal world. Go follow Lambgoat on Facebook, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lambgoat. Make sure you head over to Lambgoat's YouTube page where you can watch all of these interviews in video format, as well as check out some other Lambgoat content. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button or that notification bell so you're notified when new episodes or Lambgoat content is uploaded. And if you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. And you can find all of these links plus our guests links uh, in the show notes. So if you missed something to scroll on down literally in your app right now and you can find the links to everything. Some of you may know our guest by Colin, the singer of Twitching Tongues, which he still is kind of currently. However, he also is the drummer and... Uh, a lot of other things for the band God's Hate. And God's Hate has a new album dropping this Friday, uh, March 12th. It's called God's Hate, self-titled. It's the album that has the badass samurai cover art, so definitely go check it out. It's on Closed Casket Activities. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is the stuff. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Welcome back, Van Flippers, Goat Flippers, whatever we want to start calling you guys after 40-something episodes, we're going to get around to doing it. Today I'm joined with Colin Young, who plays... And a couple different bands, but we're going to specifically talk about one particular band, God's Hate. But you also are in uh, Twitching Tongues. Uh, you've also been in a couple other bands. Um, what was it? Alpha Omega and Ruckus. Yeah. Yeah, those bands. And uh, yeah. you also were a genuine um, 
a genuine all star a couple a couple months ago. You got retweet, retweeted by oh, the, yeah. uh, the Smash Mouth. I was just actually watching it right before we hopped into this. Uh, yeah, that was like a year ago. I, it's so crazy, man. I, I vividly remember sending the text for that and getting like, "What? What do you want me to do?" <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little thing to to pull off. Yeah, it was you and a bunch of the other guys, uh, you know, in, in, in bands and stuff like that. So. That was just, it was one of the last second things here that popped up on my radar that, you know, True. in research and whatnot. Uh, I think I found it on uh, the PRP actually when I was just looking up switching tongues just to make sure I had, a, you know, uh. enough things to go off of. Uh, but anyway. yeah, I think, I think Smash Mouth getting in on the joke is what killed the steam for me. <laughs> you were hoping, like, no, you don't get to have this, Smash Mouth. <laughs> so you hated the retweet, is what I'm getting. I thought it was funny, but. Yeah. Well, Colin, uh, how's it going? You still out in uh, L- not L.A., but I guess L.A., California? Yeah, I'm in Van Nuys, you know, the uh, the Mecca, <laughs> the, How- the epicenter of God's hate, as we call it on the album. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of you guys are from there, right, based out of there? Yeah, Taylor and I have lived here for, oh, my God, like 17 years now, 16, mm-hmm. 17 Tell your brother. <laughs> That's crazy. He's referring to his brother, I'm assuming. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. And uh, you guys, seventeen years in Van Nuys, and that's where Twitching Stung, Twitching Tongue started, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but we're going to gear toward, like I said, more toward God's hate because it's more important that you guys have a release coming out, a full album release coming out on Closed Casket. Um, and it's is it a self title or is is it just called God's Hate? Too? It's self titled I mean, okay. yeah, it's called God's Hate, which you know, it's it's, it's self titled. And this um, is a follow up to Mass Murders, which was Mass Murder a it number was of five years, years ago. ago now, yeah. and that was that was recorded in 2015, and kind of came out like a year later. And God's Hate was recorded. We started tracking August 2019. Okay. Wow. So it's been it's been like a a hard secret to keep and a hard uh thing to not be able to just show people. Yeah, especially cuz like if you're saying August 2019, you guys didn't really even tease anything until like a couple of weeks ago. No, and and I we posted something the day that we started recording saying like, "Hey, we started recording." <laughs> so it made for a whole year and a half of like what the fuck happened with that? People right. thought that we just stopped or it weren't a band anymore, which is understandable. But uh, yeah, it was a long process that became even longer once uh, COVID hit. But uh, you know, that's who wasn't affected in some way by that. So yeah. our our album being delayed six months is like, who cares? <laughs> I was going to say we can no we can talk about that for the forty fortieth time on this podcast. You know, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're here. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely delayed, obviously, because of uh, when did you guys finish recording? How long was the recording process? Uh, I think we really wrapped like April or May of 2020. Okay, so it was kind of like a a, pro- like a longer process. Yeah, it, it was it was a while, and like with vocals, it was like the lockdown hit, so it was kind of like we were comfortable just doing like a session with our singer Brody and Taylor like once a week, every couple of days with them like in separate rooms and whatnot. So it was just a, an extra long drawn out process that would, was already going to be long to begin with. Well, at least you got, 
you know, you were able to focus with the, lo- I don't know necessarily with the lockdown, but you guys were able to kind of like, you know, dedicate some time to it, but enough. yeah, they made it work. Yeah. Enough. I didn't fucking go. I, 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 at the end of the day was what held it up. Cause I was like, I'm not fucking coming over. I'm not going there. But cause I, I sing like a ton more on this record. It's kind of like a, like a blood for blood biohazard mm-hmm. type kind of like back and forth between Brody and I the whole time. So I had a lot of shit to do and it was like down to the 11th hour and I hadn't done any of it yet. So <laughs> I felt bad for that, but then whatever we got done. Um, yeah. Cause you, you are, you're the vocalist in Twitching Tongues, but for God's hate, you, you play the drums, correct? Yeah. I switched to drums for this album. Do you, but you kind of, in your previous bands, you kind of wrote a, a lot of the material or the, the bulk of the material in all because you're a multiverse, uh, multi yeah, so, kind of guy. So Twitching Tongues is like a complete 50-50 joint effort with Taylor and I. Um, and, and then Sean wrote some stuff. Sean Martin wrote some stuff on the last album we did. But this this come time around, when God Save started, I bought a guitar just to have a guitar and essentially learned how to play guitar just to start the band with Brody. It was like, hey, I like you should, you should, you're six five, you're three hundred pounds, you should be singing for a band. This was like right when he started wrestling training mm-hmm. too, so it was like these the two things he was doing started at the same time, and it was like, dude, you got to just do this. I'm gonna learn how to play guitar. <laughs> like I could, I could noodle enough to get be like here, Taylor here, you play this, but like I never felt like I could stand on stage and play guitar. I just didn't think that I had ability i don't know if i ever really did to be honest with you i made it work but i'm not sure i should have right. um you can see sometimes you watch videos of me i'm just like oh shit i don't know what the fuck's going on you're hoping everyone else um, is kind of like uh carrying you <laughs> exactly like we i made it work but there were times where i was like i don't think this is what i should be doing so um yeah, started I and then I wrote the I learned how to play guitar by writing the first seven inch essentially. Um and then the the L, the next LP, Mass Murder, was kind of was co-written with Leo, our former guitar player. So then it was like, all right, gotta do something new. He's not in the band anymore. Let's try to just do what I did on the seven inch and write this whole damn thing. So it was a long, painful process that resulted in like the 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 uh, cumulative piece of music that I'm I'm my, most proud of. I would say. Well, that's great. That's good. Um, and speaking of member changes and people leaving and people coming and going, um, you guys you guys had a had a lot of that in the band's history, but. Just kind of run us down the current lineup because you do have a couple other members from like Twitching Tongues and uh, other bands in the scene. So, yeah. So towards the end of the uh, the mass murder era, um, Martine would fill in. Martine Stewart from Terror and Like It or Not uh, that I play in with him and Donny Brook and all these other bands. He would fill in for us, and it just got to the point where it was like, I he's the easiest guy to be in a band with because you don't have to teach him songs he shows up and he just learned them and it's like that you don't understand what a gift that is uh and he wanted to do it so it was like all right you're in the band and then alec is like one of my best friends i do a podcast with him 
He plays bass in Twitching Tongues and now plays bass in God's Hate. Anthony, who plays guitar, is an OG. He's the original member. And then my brother Taylor filled in a few times. But Nails kind of kept him from having any other full-time obligations, mm-hmm. even though God's Hate will never be like a full-time band. It just can't logistically happen. Uh, but once once he... W- uh, and Nails parted ways, it was like, hey... You, know, you got some free time. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and here he is. And there we are. And he tracked... He played all the guitars on the record. So that was huge. Cool. Wouldn't have sounded as good if I had been the one to do it. So <laughs> or it would have taken as long. It would have taken a little bit longer. Oh yeah, we'd still be tracking <laughs> if it was me. It's still, but hey, you could still blame it on COVID for the entire year if it was. It's you know? so true. Yeah. Oh damn, COVID, man! I got, I just, my hands don't, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> so how did you get in? Because Twitching Tongues is a, a very different band, and we'll get, we'll, we'll bring that up later. But how did you kind of get into the hardcore? You know. Um, metallic hardcore kind of field like a field whatever genre uh, did you grow <laughs> that, up on that was shows? first so that was it was honestly like the first genre of music i ever liked oh wow. Um, okay. i was so young and taylor was taylor's four years older than me and we had an older brother have an older brother jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so our brother aaron was friends with all these local connecticut hardcore guys um who they would just hang out with. He would occasionally go to shows, but he didn't really like fully get into it. But they left stuff in his car that made that got Taylor obsessed, obsessed at like eleven or twelve. And then by way of that, I eventually became obsessed, but in a kind of a different way. Like mm-hmm. I had to, I wasn't really interested. I knew I liked music, you know. I, I was like, yeah, this is cool. But it wasn't like my life or anything until I attempted to start playing drums. Um, like learning drums made me ob- obsessed with music and hardcore music. And I was, I remember thinking like, okay, uh, once I learn this Hatebreed album, like I'm good, I'm done. I don't need to learn any more drums. Like that's, that's all I need to do. So I did that eventually. So I guess I, I reached that goal very fast. Nice. Um, and the first, I had a couple like high school bands and whatnot, but the first uh, band that Taylor and I ever started together was, as you mentioned earlier, this band called Ruckus. That was like the same influences as God's Hate today, just written by a much younger, uh, yeah, a, a seventeen-year-old or sixteen-year-old, however I was, and my very. Uh, Younger version of, of Taylor. <laughs> now we're fucking seasoned craftsmen. Right. So we've, uh, we've learned a thing or two about what we want to hear and how to, how to make it. Um, yeah, that it, making hard music was always the goal. Like we could write other stuff, but it's mm-hmm. just not as fun. Yeah. You, you, you had a quote in, you said something, which I was going to ask you about, but I guess we'll ask, I'll ask you now since you just kind of brought it up. You said my biggest pet peeve in hard music is when a band is afraid to go all the way musically. Don't be a yeah, hard. You got to go all the way. Yeah, without no hard parts. So like, yeah, what what is? I was gonna. I wondered what that meant. Like, what do you mean going hard musically? As far as like, so like you can be a metallic band mm-hmm. and not be hard. I'm not gonna give examples because I don't want to hurt anybody. That's why I didn't. But ask. that 
it, it drives me crazy. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna sound hard, if you're gonna be metallic, I I I don't I'm I'm out of time. You know, I'm almost thirty. Riffs for the sake of riffs just don't really do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I I need to know what you felt. I need to know what I'm supposed to feel hearing something. And then I like the bands that to me hit the hardest and and are the most successful are the ones that remember and remind me that there are no rules in hardcore music. There's no rules writing hardcore music. And there's a lot of bands who write stuff. And I can tell by listening to it that they thought, no, we can't do that. <laughs> oh, that'd be, we can't do that. And I, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear the thing that you think that you can't do. Mm-hmm. Well, that Break makes... the rules for me. Yeah. I mean, you're a rule breaker with the, uh, you're a splash symbol expert, you know, not enough <laughs> splash symbols on the record. You gotta Splashman. Keep... I yeah. entered the splash zone. That was just like, okay, what's a, what's a, I'm taking over drums now. What's like a fun, obvious way to make it sound like a different guy is playing now. Um, so that was my, my, uh, the psychology there behind adding the splashes, just sounding like, okay, a new guy is playing and he's doing something that the last guy didn't. Splashes. Splashes. Splashing around. <laughs> yeah, just in the water. Uh, no, great record. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the triple splash does come into play a lot and it, it's, does. it works very well. Uh, it's, ta- it's tastefully thrown in there. I didn't know. I don't think I overdid it. I think no. whenever you hear him come in, you're like, there they are. Yeah. Rather than like, there's a fucking spot. He's splashing again. <laughs> Jesus, how much water Some guys are just like, some like, I was scared to do uh, that like drum playthrough video because it was like, most of the song is just me going like. Yeah. And I don't know who's interested in seeing that. But I watched a bunch of other videos and there's guys just doing like really simple shit is happening musically, but they're just like jazzing it up. It's just, it's, it's like, yeah. And I don't know that it's necessary all the time. Make it, make it mean something every time you hit it. Well, I think what they want to see on there is just you being you. And if you don't jazz it up normally, then don't jazz it up because the people are going to know that you're not. A real jazzer, you know? Exactly. So. Yeah. And that that was just me being me, just having a nice time. And I haven't played drums in a long time. So that was I was I was a little rusty and I, I made it work. So that's good. Yeah. I don't have a drum kit at home, so I can't I can't play. That's crazy. So I I don't want to get off I want to keep touching base on some of those topics, but I don't want to get off the record just yet. Uh you guys <laughs> sold out of your like first vinyl pressing and it's not even out yet. Um so that's that's commendable. And that is also a kind of like, you know, a nod to like how good the record is. And people only have heard one, one song, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, that was really special to me because. Um, it's like I've this underground making, cult band, you know? I, I, yeah, whatever it is. I, I've been making music now for. What, I don't know, 14 years or something. And, you know, I've seen bands come and go. Uh, I've seen bands left and right sell out their first pressings and whatnot. Like it happens, but it's never happened to one of my bands. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's nice. It's nice to win one. <laughs> Finally, yeah, it goes know? on. It goes on the little uh, mantle of achievements. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice feather in the cap. And like I, I, it yeah, one song is out, but I hope that they can tell by that one song just how much fucking effort I put into this whole damn thing. A lot of samples. You you had to pick out a lot of samples. That's the fun part, man. Yeah. That's that was like that was that's the easy part. 
It's it's interesting. It's like, Go ahead. Sorry. After five years of writing, I I I consume media. You know, I love me some media, so I'm always listening. And the one uh, the one that starts the album, the like number one in violence one, like I just found that when looking up, nobody's ever gonna find that. It's from it's like this documentary about a, a murder at a McDonald's. Okay. And I was just looking up. I wondered if anybody had ever been murdered in a McDonald's. <laughs> and I found it by looking up that statistic. You you got some weird searches, like uh, late night searches, like I have. I get down some weird rabbit holes. and I got to know. I got to know. Yeah, it's just one of those things with like the odd internet information out there. You have it at your fingertips. May as well just ask it to Google and see what comes What's up. The, what am I supposed to do? What do you think they would have been doing in the 40s and the 50s if they had this fucking supercomputer in their pocket that knew absolutely everything? Pornhub. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to hear the whole like they these kids and their phones type thing. Like, no, they've never nobody at th- this generation has this resource. Yeah. They need to be it's why not use it? It's all new to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking the other day. Amazing. I was thinking the other day that uh because people were, you know, I'm getting up there in age as well. And I play I've played video games and I go through spurts where I played or play and don't play. And uh I was thinking to myself damn everything kind of going forward from you know my generation and a, a couple generation or not generations but a couple decades before me at some point there won't be anyone that hasn't played a video game whether it be on your cell phone or your 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 console computer yeah at this point you really gotta like go out of your way to avoid it especially with it being like the fucking best <laughs> form of media yeah. in the world yeah like nothing is better than video games it's pretty good. Do you play anything particularly, or? Uh, oh, I'm always playing some. Um, what am I playing right now? What's your right what, now? What console? Are you a console or a PC? Uh, yeah, I'm a PS5 guy. Okay, now look at um, you. Yeah, I worked. I I don't know why everybody. I just pre-ordered it. I, didn't, I got like it. I'm not. I wasn't worried about the madness because it was like, <laughs> all right, I guess I'll just pre-order this since it's up. I didn't find it all that difficult, but I can understand now the the mania. Um, what am I playing now? I'm playing Persona Five Strikers, which is like a kind of spinoff to this game, Persona Five, that I think I would call the second best game I've ever played in my life. Wow, number two ever. Number one being God of War, twenty eighteen. Okay, masterpiece. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I played the first first God of War first 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 and I played a little bit of the second one, but I didn't. Very different experience. Now. Okay, it's like watching a fucking uh, Scorsese movie and and interacting with it. The camera never cuts one time. Oh wow, cool! It's unreal. I liked. Uh, I mean, I definitely got into like some some other games like that, like Uncharted. I got into Uncharted. That, is I got into that sick. series. Um. But then, like, Call of Duty took over, and then everything else became... That's it? Yeah. You're just a Call of Duty man? Yeah. Brody is the same way. I look... So, I don't know if you... Do you play on consoles or PC? I actually haven't played in, like, three years, because I, I go... Okay. I, like, lose my... You know, yeah, it happens. A week goes away, and you're like... I, right now, I'm in, I'm in movie mode. This happens to me. I switch off, and I, like, go to bed. I'm like, I can't sleep, because I just want to watch a movie so bad. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel now. <laughs> but Brody... Uh, if on on PlayStation now, if you're friends with somebody, you can look at any games that they've played and the amount of hours that they've played them. Oh yeah, 
and he made his private because I roasted him. Because <laughs> it's like call it's like Call of Duty Warzone. Four thousand hours or something. God of War. Three hours. Right, right, it just right. Made me, it made me furious. They like, how can you deny the greatest fucking game ever made and play 4,000 hours of Call of Duty? Well, I can tell you. I can kind of vouch for, for Brody. Um, I can tell you why. It just becomes addicting. I get it. I've done it. I, I was the same way with Overwatch. Yeah. I was obsessed. And I never even played. I've never played any of the campaigns for any Call of Duty game. He's the same way. And I. that's all I do. I play the campaign and then I uninstall. Oh, wow. No, I'm... I'm I'm strictly on the like team deathmatch, hardcore team deathmatch. I'm sure if I were better at the game, I would be there too. Oh, I'm, it's just not. I'm not, not what good. I'm looking for. I'm not good. You, you know? just do it. I anyway. go on runs every now and then, but it's just. Yeah, I'll I'll play. I'll be the Dark Souls game. I don't know if you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. but it's like made for pain. You're supposed <laughs> to be feeling just nothing but anguish. Yeah, I'd rather play that and feel that pain. Then get sniped by a fourteen-year-old racist kid. You know, yeah, that happens. I want that kind of pain. That's a daily. I want to occurrence. be killed by a big knight. I don't want to be killed by yeah. little Timmy. I've I've definitely tried to play more uh, story story games. You know, but they're so good, man. Uh, because I I found myself just being like, I'm buying a different console and just the same game <laughs> over and over again. You got to diversify, right? So anyway, let's get back on track here. Uh, so how long how long have you and Brody kind of known each other? Because obviously you've known him prior to him being even a wrestler. Um, yeah. So did you gr- you grew up on the East Coast? It sounds like. So when did you yeah, kind of head we, over? Yeah, Taylor the West Coast? and I lived in Connecticut until like 2004, and then we moved here. Um, met Brody in like 2007 or eight. Hit it off immediately. I was the best man at his wedding. Gave the worst best man speech of all time. I didn't know you were supposed to give a speech, so that's my bad. Um, uh, yeah, make been best friends a long time. And it got to the, like 2013 rolled around. He wasn't in a band. And it was like, dude, I got some time. I got this guitar. Let's make some magic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, made it, made it happen. And here we are uh, seven years later. With this awesome record that we're super proud of. So in the beginning, when you kind of started, because you were already in Twitching Tongues with, mm-hmm. with your brother and everything. Uh, in the beginning, when you started God's Hate, was it always going to kind of be like a non-committal band? Like you weren't really going to you know, go on tours and do the whole real band thing? I don't thing? know if we knew. I, I don't think there was a, as that much planned out because um, he... You know, he was working full time. He was he did lighting, like set lighting for TV, and like I worked with him doing different stuff. Like we worked on the same show at some point, point. Uh, and he had like full time union gig. Like he was fine. He could have done that forever. And then one day he he went for it, and now he's getting paid to wrestle. So good for him there. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know that we ever thought that being like a full time touring band was was possible. And maybe at the time, at the beginning, was because it was like, well, Twitching Tongue is going to be is going to be the full time thing. We're always going to tour, which is hilarious now, because <laughs> um, like the wind was knocked out of our sails like a year later. Um, but now, I don't. I mean, nobody's touring now, so what the fuck can we do? But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do one last little 
shot at being a real band when all is said and done. I was going to, I was, cause I was curious cause I know like, yeah, you're once things do kick back off, obviously twitching tongues will probably play shows and maybe, I don't know. No, no plans, no plans. Well, obviously there's no plans in the foreseeable future, but yeah, we're, we're there were there. We were going to play, uh, the drain record release shows last year. And that was how I convinced Taylor to join God's I said, I'll play those shows. If you join full time. And he was like, all right, fine. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of got the joy sucked out of me for twisting tongues a bit. I'm feeling a, a little bit re-inspired. I don't want to say too much. Uh, f- to, case. to explore twitching tongues again? Because I was going to ask you which yeah. one you have more fun in later on. But since we're kind right, of... I mean, right. it's a totally different thing. Yeah, right, God's hate is a lot easier on me. Uh, is it because it's like more natural to you to yeah, like for make sure. that kind and of stuff? And it's just it's less pressure for me because for for twitching tongues, like okay, we can write the best song in the world musically, but whatever I do on top of that motherfucker is gonna make or break it. Yeah, and I I some people would say uh, that I broke it for for disharmony, and I, you know whatever. Um, I I'm I feel like time will be kinder to that record. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what they're saying. Um, so you guys haven't really, have you guys not like noodled around since 2018? We've had idea. We've noodled around ideas, mm-hmm. but there's no no songs or anything. Okay. But that's whenever we start writing, it's like such a, it's like boom, done. Like uh, our first and second albums were written within like a year, less than a year with each other. So it was a super fast process. And you kind of stated it's like one of the weirdest bands, the weirdest sounding bands. So like what yeah. <laughs> can you elaborate? Yeah, can you elaborate um, on that? Yeah. Um or most confusing band you've ever heard, I think, was yeah, actually your thing you said. Yeah, and it's like we're not obviously not reinventing the wheel or anything. It's a like heavy band with clean vocals is certainly not a new concept. But it's like I like the idea of like uh, every song you're listening to is kind of like a different spectrum of the genre eventually. And maybe we'll kind of back off of that. If for anything we do next, I know Taylor has some ideas that are very uh, one kind of dimensional and mine are the same. If uh, he, he keeps me grounded as far as switching tongue stuff, I would say, because if I had it my way, it would be straight up like piano, keyboard, synth, yeah, like crazy metal. rock operas, yeah. And he he's he keeps the the hard in there still. So with God's hate stuff, it's like, all right, I know what my goal is. There's a little bit of room to do some weird shit because there's no rules, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. but. At the end of the day, like it's all gonna make sense, and it'll make sense. Uh, there's the one, the one song on the album, uh, Six Feet Deep, which is track four, where I got to have a little fun on there. So that was, that was, we were scared to put that in there, to be honest. Um, You can't be scared, like you were saying, don't pull, don't hold back, exactly. And that's why it's there because it's like, yeah, it's scary, but what, who cares? It's it's it it's one song that kind of does that, 
Uh, we're not going to make it a single or anything, but like it's on side A, so it's hard. It's track four, so it's hard. It's impossible to miss. It's mm-hmm. sandwiched between the two singles, so if you're going from one to the other, you're going to hear it. Nice. It's a great yeah. again, great record. Um, Thank you. Let's talk. God, there's so many things I want to ask you about. I like. I, I remind me to talk to you about your drumming style. That's all. But right now. <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and the artwork for this album is oh, obviously yeah. obviously a big topic. So let's let's dive into it. Where does it come from? What's the origin behind it? What is there a story behind it? What's going on? So so uh, Mark Nava, who did the art, uh, brilliant, amazing tattooer, who is also just one of our best friends, go to guy. Did my everything? Anything on my upper body was done by him. So I'm a walking billboard for the motherfucker. <laughs> um, and he did the artwork for the last Switching Tongues record. And with this one, it was like, all right, Mark, this has got to be your masterpiece. Uh, we gave him the very rough idea of Terminator Samurai surrounded by yokai. <laughs> And that it's like so in his wheelhouse that I could I can see his fit like through my mind his face just being like I already, I already did it it's done I got it and the way that he visualizes things like when he's doing outlines or whatever just seeing it go from the outline to the finished thing is always so mind blowing so I knew before I saw anything that the finished product would be insane and then it turned out to be like to me like that's my favorite album cover of all time yeah i was gonna say it's gonna be in the it's got to be in the running for at least this year you know what i mean if not in a be. decade because it it's one of the it's just it's crazy it's colorful. crazy yeah it's crazy colorful and it's fucking detailed and yeah it's 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 if you're into tattooing and flash art and any kind of japanese you know style it's truly a, a work of art yeah you to, guys you guys there's no like, other way to put it you might need and I have that. the I have the original painting framed in my house. So oh, nice. So it's That's like nice yeah, it's a, it's a painting. I might send it over to Fort Knox. I don't know if I feel good uh, having that accessible. You know, that's kind of one of the, that would have been like such a perk and I'm sure it still will be a perk for people who are like crate digging and, and just in general, but like Man, that artwork is so eye-catching. It is uh, it, it's, Yeah, it, and, know, and that's that was another thing. It was like Think about the amount of times when you were young. It's different now because the internet, but that's like the fucking goofiest thing to say. Right. People being like, well, it's different now because the internet. But like, what was better than growing, walking through Tower Records and seeing a CD with cool artwork and just knowing it was sick? Yeah, or not. And like, this you looks know, sick. So it's got, it's got to be yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're 50 50 sometimes on those, but most times, you know what I mean? It's fucking you, were, awesome. you were drawn to it for a reason in general. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy artwork. And for those who haven't seen it now, I suggest you pause and, you know, go Google it or pull up the album on Spotify. Yeah, there you go. Um, so your drumming style, I'll just go ahead and knock that out so I don't have to like burden you with that uh, task. Hey, it's all right. So you're a left handed open player. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. Um, I would say Taylor is weirder <laughs> because he did it first and he's right-handed. So him playing open-handed really makes no sense. I can play. It makes I, no I, sense. I, I think ideally I'd play open-handed, but with my hi-hat set up on the right side. That would be insane. You're like. 
For you. For you, yeah. But oh, for, for me, me, it would be... Hi-hat over here? Yeah, it would just be like where you ride. But that's with. not as comfortable to me. Of course. Like, I'd rather ride the hi-hat over than the ride, and the ride is right here. But you're left-handed. Um, See, so what I want is a nice ride here. I want a fucking... I want the blast bell low <laughs> right next to the hi-hat. I got to look into a left side low ride for blasting and stuff. But, um, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But uh, I didn't know any better. I, I had never seen another drummer other than Taylor play drums. So I watched him play and I was like, okay, I guess this is what I have to do. And it made more sense for me because it's like, all right, my left crash is right here. So why wouldn't I just hit this one with this hand right. and then hit this with this hand? It's right next to me. Why would I cross? This doesn't make sense. Right. I've broken down the psychological steps of, of drumming and uh, I've reduced them to, to atoms. Mm. Um, it has made a lot, a lot of things are more difficult because of it. Like fills when I have to go, 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 go. Because <laughs> I lead with my left, so right. this doesn't. This is a disadvantage. This is an advantage. Right. Uh, my left foot also leads for double kick stuff. Okay. Also a disadvantage. Not fun because it's just get it, get it, get it, get it, get it left, left first. Yeah. So it's the stupid, <laughs> the stupid extra pedal is going first. Right. It's not ideal. Mm. Yeah. No. I, I'm, my, I'm definitely right-footed. But and I'm right-handed too. But I would prefer, like I said, an open stance. I guess the high could be in the middle between toms, but that wouldn't really that'd be work chaos. Well. Yeah, yeah. It would still be like here. Yeah, that's you know? <laughs> just. I'd feel like an asshole if I did that. I get kind of obsessed with like how people play drums though, because you don't really necessarily notice it. But then, like, you know, Tony Royster, I guess, was the first one. Or no, 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 not him. Uh, fuck, um, the guy from Dave Matthews. Um, absolute god yeah but when i watched he's his a fucking tape, king when i carter buford when i watched carter his, buford when i watched his tape yeah years ago because i said tape um you know he talked about like well i was just mimicking tv because I, I he had a tape i guess at his young age and he was mimicking the guy he saw on television play so he was mimicking the way uh, you know the way that he was but it was mirrored so his sure. his style is all weird and messed up yeah and then uh, Uriah, the, the drummer for Glassjaw for a while, had like a weird, I think, left-handed open setup too. And now you just got obsessed with watching him groove and because uh, he was kind of heavy on toms and stuff too. So it was interesting yeah. to see him move. But Dude, Carter Buford, man. Yeah. <laughs> People that like exclusively like metal and hardcore have no idea how much he fucking rips. Oh, he's the next, I mean, there's no, I don't know. I don't know of any comparison of anyone that plays in the metal genre that would kind of. He's an elite musician. Yeah. And it should you... be the, the Carter Buford band, not the Dave. <laughs> yeah. You, you might be right, but, uh, but to save grace for Dave, he does have a unique voice and his guitar, his chord. And, well, he writes the song. So yeah, what that, are you going to do? Too, that too. But his chords and his, the chords he plays and the progressions, his he's hand. a maniac. Yeah, he's Look, got it. He's... I, I actively ride for Dave. So I'm not, I'm not, you won't find me disparaging the work of DMB. Nah, that's good. You don't find that often in the, in this kind of culture. People are scared to step up for yeah, Dave, yeah. but not me. I mean, even though kind of, you know, I'm not so familiar or not, I'm not such a big fan of the back half of the catalog. You cannot deny 90s. You don't have to Dave. be. Yeah. <laughs> The, the hits speak for themselves. That's Samurai true. Cop? Holy shit, man. Are you fucking kidding me? 
Well, so you're a Dave Matthews fan. That's that's yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm all in on Dave. Who are some other bands that would be like out of the blue genres that normally you wouldn't be like you wouldn't associate in our scene? Uh, I'm a big big Lady Gaga guy, big time. Love her. I can't, um, tell, I can't tell if people are being sarcastic sometimes or if you're being not at all. Okay, she's a brilliant songwriter, amazing musician, amazing singer. She's cool as fuck. She's sweet. Uh, I like Michael Jackson a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you obviously like pop music Elvis. Then too. Yeah. yeah, big time. Okay. Big Elvis guy. So, but who's not an Elvis guy? You know, anybody with a grandfather <laughs> is an Elvis guy, except for you. I'm not really a big Elvis guy. <laughs> yeah, but you just—that's just because you don't know, right? I didn't you have anyone be. showing me Elvis. Exactly. If yeah. anybody that spends an hour with the the Elvis discog becomes an Elvis guy. Yeah, I'm not really familiar. I like no jailhouse rock. That's about, you know. Dude, I don't, I could fuck your shit up with a couple of, <laughs> a couple three simple Elvis tracks. I would absolutely rock your shit. Go for it. Just so All I right. can, I can re- look back on this and listen. All right. An American trilogy mm-hmm. is one of them. It's just like three borderline racist, like old American <laughs> uh, songs. So take them for what they are. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, and the grass won't pay no mind. That's a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, look. Up, okay, so there's a 2015 uh, London Philharmonic did like a an Elvis record where they took old masters and like played over them. And the version of Burning Love on that is fucking insane. So Burning Love. Uh, from the, I think it's called, uh, I don't remember what it's called. It has like a title. <laughs> 2015 Philharmonic, uh, London Philharmonic. London Philharmonic. Yeah. I've written it down, so I after this, I will definitely go check them out. Please do. I will. Hits, um, man. So some other things that I kind of uh, noticed when I was doing a, such a deep, deep dive into your life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you You... You did some improv, and you're like, you seem to be a fan of comedy. Big time. Okay. Uh, do you still do improv? No, I, it's it wasn't for me, but I just wanted to see what, like, I wanted to see what my brain was capable of. And mm. I got up to advanced in Groundlings, so I did all right. Um, Mikey Day from SNL was my first teacher, so that was a nice thing to be able to say. Yeah, and then cool. Ariane Price was my second teacher, who was in the... Growling's main company. She's in that new movie, Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar for a second. So, yeah, it's cool. I learned from from some of the greats. Um, it just helps you in the moment, you know? I'm sure a lot of Gen Z could do with some improv. They're, <laughs> they're used to telephonic communication. Right. And, and even I'm like, I got to fucking order pizza on the phone? Shit. Like, let me mentally prepare for this. Just right. having a conversation sometimes is like it's a lot of work. Right. You get to put a lot of on the spot type, you know. Yeah, I can't. It's, I don't do so well with that all the time. Yeah, I want to order on the app. You know, <laughs> I don't want to say extra cheese on the phone. I want to. I want to input it. They don't have to see hear your voice and hear your shame. Oh no, I don't want them to know that I, this voice wants extra cheese. Um, are you a fan of stand up comedy and and stuff like that yeah. too? Because you're, you're less out in so LA. less so in the last like. Six or seven years ago, I'm not like actively seeking out stand-up specials as I once was. Okay, um, 
But like, I feel like Eddie Murphy Delirious was like in the first five movies I ever saw in my life. My dad and mom uh, went to the Raw tour while pregnant with me, I believe. So it was Destiny. There you go. You heard it. Yeah. You heard it before you even. I heard it. Raw live before right. it dropped on in theaters. So I had I had it first. No, that's a great. That's a great special. It. I mean, most of those comedy specials you could say don't age well and that you know there's a couple eddie murphy lines in there that don't necessarily age well but and he knows that no yeah but it's again it's a look at the times you know yeah exactly other than that other than those bits uh it's timeless right so if you're a woke if you're a woke person go in there with an open mind that's what i should say (laughs) yeah there's the the all the whole aids bit is just like it's fucked up, but they they didn't know, right? It was such we, a di- what we different. Know. But also, they're they're just ignorant about it. So what can you do? Um. So what have you uh, kind of been? You said extra cheese, and that kind of sparked <laughs> my brain into asking because at some point uh, you kind of struggled with like this binge eating situation. Oh yeah. So and I've been binge eating my entire life. I didn't know what it was until I was in my twenties. I was like, why am I never full? Why can why can only a five thousand calorie meal satiate me? Not knowing that that's that's what it was. So I I gained probably fifty pounds from in like 27, 2018. Um, just because like nothing made me feel good other than have the most ignorant meal you could imagine. Like every meal was my death row meal, essentially. <laughs> right. And I, I'm sim- I'm the same way now. I just have more control. And now, like, what was huge was looking into, like, the science of food and just kind of understanding what's in everything I was eating in order to, like, disgust myself with the yes. things that I liked. I, it's never going to work because I still love them. Like, but you I went can to use that. You can yesterday. use that in your head when, when you're battling yourself. You have to. You have to be like, well, no, I've had this many grams of fat already. I can't do that. Or like like mathematically knowing, okay, if I eat this meal, I've gained a pound of fat. Straight up. Um dessert. Oh my god. Yeah, the mm-hmm. sweets the sweets is my thing. And I, I think so it's hard. It's one of those I was eating um like I bought I went to the grocery store yesterday and I, I wasn't going to, I always want to give up sugar. That's like my goal in life to like give up. That's sugar. what I did initially. And that's, I dropped 80 pounds in maybe six months. Okay. Well, I need you to tell me how to give up sugar. <laughs> I can't do it. It's, it's rock bottom. Rock yeah. bottom is the only thing that can, that can bring you there. Cause would, until that I was like, nothing works. I'll never be able to do it. I don't know what my rock bottom would look like for giving up sugar. And I don't know if I ever want to get remotely close to that. I just know that I want to give it up to see what it's like for like, you know, mental clarity and obviously for to see how your body reacts to it. Dude, the benefits are immediate. Are you, are you still kind of sugar-free lifestyle? I, I'm doing it. I'm doing no desserts for a month right now. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what's, what's today? The first, I'm like 20 days into that. Okay. Uh, and I sleep so good. Nice. Okay. With, well, with no sugar, I sleep good. My vice um, would be Coca Cola, and there's a shitload of sugar in there. And then, dude, Coke Zero, you got to get into Coke Zero. I, but I just think I need no, to get no, no, Coke. no, no, no. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I was the same way. I made videos dedicated to Dr. Pepper and how much I loved it for years. And then one day I, t- I rewired my brain and I said, You can't drink this anymore. 
drinking a, a bottle of like Mountain Dew is basically like eating a bowl of spaghetti in terms of the amount of <laughs> grams of carbs you're getting. Right. But dude, diet soda, once you just tell your brain like, no, this is good, something switches. Well, I did, I did for a period in my life way long ago drink Diet Coke over Coke. And then you just get accustomed to the taste after, like you were saying, you you know what I mean. Absolutely. But even Coke if I zero give, is is the one. I can give up Coke for a, for a while, and I've done it for a couple months, maybe even like a year or two, mm-hmm. at the longest stint. And then when you try it again, it just is like, wow, this it's, is like it's a, too much. It's a lot, yeah. But I I tell you what, if I can finish the Coke, then it's just like heroin addict situation. It's like dude, the I, whole twelve I mean, pack. I gone. straight up, I've gotten to the point where I do not like. Sugared soda. This I is coming from there. somebody. I, I, I drank like five cans a day. It's crazy. Straight up. Yeah. It was, I don't, I was like, this is how I hydrate. I'm going to drink some soda. <laughs> but Coke Zero, man, it's revolutionary. And now they got all these flavors. They got the orange vanilla one. They got yeah. the vanilla one. They got cherry Coke Zero. So you could pick your, your unpoison yeah. and change your life. Is there fructose, uh, is there like corn fructose syrup and all that shit in Zero? No, too? there's nothing in it. It's just a little bit of sodium and a bunch of delicious chemicals. <laughs> okay. I will, on your, on your word, I will try it. I did if try If you the- can find orange vanilla Coke Zero, do you like those two flavors separately, orange and vanilla? No. I'm just going to go straight Coke Zero. All right. Give it a shot. Because I don't like. You can't go wrong. I don't necessarily like other flavors of Coke either. <laughs> I don't, I didn't until vanilla Coke. Do you remember when vanilla Coke first came out? That may be my worst one that I hate the most. All right. Worst. Sorry. This isn't going to happen. Uh, just try Coke Zero. Though. Okay. <laughs> I'll get the cherry Coke Zero. I'll give that a whirl. Okay. There you go then. I can, I'm I can not a fan of that. Well, uh, to me, it tastes like sour Dr. Pepper. Well, that may be because you're such a Dr. Pepper fan that I'm a, I'm it hurts your feelings. Enthusiast. It's missing yeah. the other 22 flavors, you know. Exactly. Um. <laughs> that, that other 22, they really pulled it all together. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, would love to give that up. Love to give up sugar. And uh, I don't know. I don't think rock I, bottom. Yeah. You gotta hit rock bottom. We'll see what that's like. I don't even want <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I said, I don't even want to get there. So what, for me, it was uh, we I I play drums in a, like a kind of pop rock band called Nudie Mag, and we recorded our demo and then got some chili dogs after. And everybody favorite. else got like two, and I was like, "Well, I need five. What are you guys doing? Like, I need to I need to be full. I just play drums and I'm hungry." Right. And I went home and I was like, "What have I become?" But do you work out? Do you like while you've been? I didn't then. Out? Okay. I, I, drums was my only workout and now I work out religiously. And, um, did you just like drop the 80 pounds, like in six months, just, and that's how you lost all the weight or were you? Well, it was kind of a perfect storm. Twitching tongues left for this eight week long tour, which is like 40 minutes of cardio every night, essentially. So I was playing a set and not, I didn't, I had under 20 grams of carbs for six straight months a day, which is like nothing. Cause there's, there's like one gram of carbs in like anything, five and random things like tomatoes have carbs. So if you're getting a tomato based <laughs> sauce, you're getting some carb. All right. So it was like under 20 a day was a, a challenge, but doing it on tour while balancing playing shows every night was like the magic combo for me so if that tour never happened i don't know that if i i would have ever been able to do it have you always had like um 
weight fluctuations in your life, like go from big to small or, you know, heavy? to No, heavy? it was just a gradual increase <laughs> from, from like what I thought at the time was not small to less not small. Um, but I look back and see like, oh, I was skinny, but you don't, I don't, you can't see that in the moment you know, right, right. when you're dealing with what I'm dealing with. It's crazy. So I've always thought I was big. Uh, and then one day it was like, fuck, you're big. You really are. Yeah. Like you're scientifically big now. You're like, your shirts don't fit. That was the thing. I was like, all right, the shirts don't fit. I just ate five chili dogs. It's time to do something. But what are you going to do, man? Chili fucking dogs are good in general. I had some the other day. That's and that's problem. what you do is you get to the point where you can maintain being healthy and have chili dogs. You just got to run a lot. I fuck running. See, I, okay. <laughs> I got there. I did all that too. And it killed me. I feel like I, I permanently damaged my legs and you got to stretch. Tissue. You got to stretch and get like a rolling thing. I mean, yeah, I did, I, I did I was, running heavy for a while, but then COVID hit and then like all my fucking bad habits came back. Sure, that's how. That's yeah. how. If you do, if you stop running for one day, it sucks. Your shit's fucked up. And if you lose momentum, like I could, I could go ten miles a day for for a month straight, and then I took one day off, and it was like I, my body didn't know how to run anymore. And I would always dread it. I mean, like I ran for a year, and like even though like I would get the runners high and all that, blah blah blah. After you run for so long, and after yeah. you're so committed, there would be days where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, dude, I just don't want. I don't even want to run. I never wanted to run. I think I always hated the first mile. The first mile is the worst part. Yeah. Yeah, I did uh I did a half marathon with with Alec from God's Hate and Twitching Tongues. And I was concerned because he was he was in the Navy. So it's like he's running drills and shit. He's used to this. Me, I never done anything like that in my life. So the first mile, I was like, dude, I'm fucked. This is not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> and then they got a chili dog station like, somewhere, Jesus. Yeah, and after that, we made, like, incredible time. It was, like, two hours flat, which for two not-seasoned runners was, like, awesome. Well, it's good that you had a friend there also to help you keep pace, even if you were wanting to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's very important. And I, I was it was the same for him. Like, he did it with a weighted vest on because he's a sick bastard. And he seriously regretted that by, like, mile eight. So I took the vest from him for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, lately have I been fluctuating? Sure, I was. I did not before, but then it's like I keep putting on muscle and losing muscle and putting on muscle and losing muscle. Like I was fucking shrouded for a little bit a right. couple months ago, and then uh, the second lockdown hit and I couldn't lift heavy weights. So now I'm just a little guy maintaining his little muscles. Yeah, you need to. Well, you need to get back into you know getting ripped because you guys all together, it seems most of the guys in God's hate are like huge. Big boys. Yeah. What's the collective weight you guys think? Oh, uh, that was an actual. Oh, over a thousand pounds. Yeah, sure. obviously that was an actual question. That's what sent in what your collective weight was. Oh, that's awesome. I would say. Maybe probably like 1400 pounds. Yeah, it's big, big boys. Maybe more, yeah. How much of that's Brody? He's a solid three hundred <laughs> on his own. Not, uh, but not, not in fat for those who are. Uh, no, he's yeah. a strong boy. We, we, he and I really pushed each other for a while, 
Uh, we were we were getting together and working out five days a week, and we were strong, man. We 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 put in some serious work. I, it's all gone now on me, but he's <laughs> he's still carrying it. Have you ever thought uh, about um? Have you ever thought about getting like hypnotized to get your bad habits? Like hypnotized. I don't therapy? know. I mean, like, sure, I'll do it, but I don't know if I believe that that is is possible. I'm definitely, I believe in aliens, but I don't know if I believe in hypnotism. Yeah, I've de- <laughs> that's a weird combination to not believe yeah. those two <laughs> things at the same time. But uh, yeah, it's like two different X Files episodes. You know? right. I think they could be back to back in a season. <laughs> I thought about maybe that would be the way that I can give up sugars, like going to like a hypnotist or Dude, something. There's, you just have to do it. It sucks, but yeah, like you probably right on the that thing. Too. Here's what works. Here's what makes it work: is two weeks later, immediately seeing results and being like, "Oh, I want to do keep doing this because yeah. it's awesome." I'll get to it one day. Rock bottom, like you said. You got to hit rock bottom. <laughs> so I'm going to hit you with some of these uh, questions that were sent in to our Instagram and just uh, sure. in general. Um, beware, I'm not really sure what's going to come up. So in oh, uh, Slam Goat, so you know how it is. Um, yeah. Spare me, the, spare me the kill myself ones. <laughs> we'll do. I'll try. I can't handle that. Okay, well, then there's no questions. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice. So, what does Colin enjoy more, drums, vocals, or guitar? I think we've already kind of drums. Drums because I am better at them than the other two, for sure. Um, <laughs> any near-death experiences on tour or crazy fan experience stories? Question mark. Man, I don't know if we have any fans, so that one's out. But uh, near death, I've got. I've probably got the same one everybody's got is driving eighty miles an hour on ninety-five or something. And a deer came along. I was on cruise control too. So mm-hmm. it was like deer comes perfectly in the path, stands right in front of me. I'm in the middle of the lane. My reflexes kicked in, right? I straight up, I was, I went full Neo on this motherfucker. <laughs> it was straight up like the tiniest little, because <laughs> van and trailer, if you oh, move yeah. too much, you're dead. You start fucking going sp- as the, as the lamb goat audience knows, right. if you move too much, you're, it's dead. You're over. Van flip. So I was just like, boom. And it was like the van and trailer just went perfectly like, and the deer, it was like inches away. And I, I saved the lives of everybody in the van. I could only imagine. None of them were awake. So none of them know what I did for them that day. They just kind of like woke up during the shift. Like, oh, okay, well. They all woke up because of the movement. They're right. like, what the fuck, man? I was just like, you're good. Just nothing, man. Go back yeah, to you're, sleep. You're alive. You're welcome. <laughs> That's how I felt. Were you in, I'm going to guess that you were kind of like in North Carolina. It seems to be a breeding Something ground Something like that. that. A lot of those stories come from there. We got a lot of deer here in the South. I'm I'm in North Florida, so we got a lot of deer. Oh, gotcha. Um, why is the Van Nuys, why is Van Nuys, in parentheses, Valley Glen, the best city in the world? Easy. With Valley Glen, I'm not, what? What? Uh, that's funny. Uh, Taylor gets in arguments with people all the time because he technically lives in Lake Balboa, which is like a realty subdivision of Van Nuys. It was all these things. Realtors fuck everything up. They change the names of something just to give the property a different value. And Valley Glen is another one of those things. Uh, I think you got to live here to get it, to answer his question. Once you live here and you're just you're a local and everybody loves the shitty little place that they're from yeah. is, is really the answer. Other people can look at it from an outside lens and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. That guy is literally pissing in his own mouth over there. <laughs> and you're like, no, come on. That's, that's Hector. He's awesome. 
You got to know him. It's, it's you got to know him. You got to know why the story behind why he's pissing in his own mouth. Yeah, you'll join him. One mom time. used to do that yeah. to him. It <laughs> oh, makes man. him feel good. Um, so you brought up your podcast earlier. Your yeah, it's a mo- Is it a movie based podcast or because it's a video based podcast? But yeah, it- it's called Real Deal. It's a it's like a movie podcast that we f- we focus on like genre type movies like comic book shit and all that. Cool. Um, yeah. Is it something that you guys you do regularly? Or are you? So we started it in twenty sixteen, I think maybe twenty seventeen. I don't know. I think it was twenty seventeen actually. Um, did it super consistently for like two years, and then did like an episode every six months for like a year and a half, and now we kind of brought it back uh, a couple months ago in video format for the first time, much like this. So it's mm. the same way we would record an episode. I noticed you have the, uh, the premium plan. So our, our, <laughs> our thing was not cut off at 40 minutes. So that's pretty cool. Good for you. Thank you. I've upgraded my situation here. In my that's little... good for you, yeah. man. <laughs> Glad you. I, I can't too. I got the light here. I'm sure I, this has got to be one of the better looking interviews you've ever done. Right. Right. Yeah. You got good. the pro audio, you know, I, I got mean, the, I got the Yeti. I'm good to go, man. Even if um, I get Alex on these podcasts, uh, guy who owns uh lamb goat he'll have like mm-hmm. you know the cord with the microphone here and it's just sick and i'm like come on god you gotta he doesn't understand what the people need yeah they don't want to hear that no so top genre for movies for you is it comic book uh marvel like hero superhero movies or uh right now i'm just like yeah probably um big comedy guy like most of my favorite movies are comedies. What are those? Uh, Caddyshack has been number one since I was like eight years old. Um, Ghostbusters, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's like all these classics. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 my dad was a was a classic movie type dude and just ended up liking all the right stuff. Like he loved Dumb and Dumber. You know, he I loved, loved he loved. Uh, Jurassic Park, whatever, whatever cool shit was at the time was the right. He always knew like, all right, you're, you're going to like this. Check it out. Mm. Star Wars. He got me into Star Wars and that's like my favorite thing in the world. Is it? Yeah. Are you a fan of the newer stuff or the older stuff? Or are you just a fan of all of it? Okay. So I'm not a hater of the sequel trilogy as most people are. Um, I think Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars movies. Interesting. And that's, that would be as, as a movie, like as a, as a singular piece of art and like as a, as movies are made and as movies go, last Jedi is one of the best star Wars movies. That's episode three. That is the second of the new ones. So that's episode. Okay. 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 So I was thinking you were referring to like one of the prequels, but you were talking. Oh, one of the prequels. No, those are dog shit. Um, At least we are, agree on that. Those are, those are bottom. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Revenge of the Sith has some good moments. Um, Phantom Menace. I don't know is, what that was about. The first Phantom Menace. It's like a courtroom, sh- fucking shipping company turns evil and tries to fuck shit up. It, it, there's no, and he's like, "This is movie is for kids." No, it's not. It's nonsense. It's right. absolute nonsense. No, um, Attack of the Clones is shite. But Revenge of the Sith has all the stuff that you like kind of figured was coming. Mm-hmm. So that made it 
more enjoyable, even if the, it's like written like a eight year old. Yeah, um, and it just took so long to get there. Took years did, to get it there. It did take a while. It did. God, I was so upset when those. And then you know, as a fan, I was a big fan of the original three. And then yeah, those are the standard bearers. Right, and then uh, in ninth grade, A New Hope came out, and like we skipped school and saw it. And I just remember like. Man, Phantom really, Menace came out? Yeah, Phantom Menace. And it really killed it. It really killed the whole thing for me. Yeah. And you remember like how good the the promotional material was and stuff? Like yeah. the, the toys were so awesome. Taco Bell had the little like <laughs> pog type deals. Mm-hmm. I was so Pogs. excited. And it was like when I was watching it, I think that's when I realized that movie not every movie was awesome. Right. Some I didn't know that, just... that not every movie was awesome. <laughs> Sometimes millions of dollars can't equate the dog shit. No, it cannot. As as seen in 2017's Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. I Couldn't didn't even I didn't watch that one. Although I did go no, through I and didn't. watch all the Marvel ones. They're incredible. Those are pieces of art, every single one. Yeah, I not every single one. A couple I, of the earlier ones aren't very good, but I was a little bit of a hater on the whole thing, but then like I got I guess I didn't watch them long enough to have most of if not all of them come out, and so I got to watch them in the order that you're supposed to watch them. That's what does it is like, it's easy to be a hater from the outside, Mm -hmm. but like, I I would say it's borderline impossible. If you start from the beginning, really give it a shot. By the time you get to like Captain America and the winter soldier. Yeah. There's no way that you can be like, this sucks. And that was a great movie too. And out of the ones that you, out of the, there's so many in that, timeline that that one stands out winter soldier stands out unfortunately ant-man does too but that was a great movie that's <laughs> was, top four for it me. was funny that's um, my fourth favorite one strange dr strange was a great one um and then i guess the ones that like the end game and all that obviously they're like great because there's so many of them but yeah the solo ones were just great too like the, i like the the winter soldier the, the two spider-man movies are the best two spider-man movies now Right, the kid, the new kid. Yeah, yeah, I like him. He's much incredible. More. I like him much more than any other Peter Parker. Like, much respect to Toby because he's he started it. Yeah, but that that movie, uh, that 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 those Spider Men were just a different kind of. It was a movie. different kind of movie, but it's it's one that these would not exist without. True. Um, and like, I, I can just remember so vividly sitting in the theater for those and like seeing just the Sony kind of like PlayStation Spider Man logo. And just thinking, like, wow, this is this is a real thing. Like, I'm really about to watch a Spider-Man movie. This is so crazy. And then, like, 20 years go by, and it's like, now that's all I, yeah, that's all people want to make now because they realize, like, oh, these are the best fucking stories ever told. Well, there's a reason why comic books were so popular, and they stayed around for so long. You know what I mean? And then it just kind of introduces. It's not. I guess it gives the general audience the luxury of like not being as nerdy reading comic books every other week or something like that. And they can just oh watch a storyline. You know? I, I couldn't wear a fucking Thor shirt in high school. <laughs> I'd be laughed out of the room. But now, now the, I feel like the, the cheer the squad gets it. off and they change back into their Avengers gear. You yep. know? Yep. It's the cool thing. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. It's just a shift in, you know, uh, everything. Uh, that's a lot less gatekeeping these days. It seems all around. Yeah, I mean, pop culture is just culture now. Mm-hmm. It's all just like, oh, this exists and it's on Twitter. Okay, I like it. There's no, there's nothing to be gatekept anymore. Right. 
And if you do are gatekeeping, here comes the uh, the internet to tell you how wrong you are. Yeah, and if you're gatekeeping something stupid, you should be told that you're wrong. Like, you can't gatekeep Fallout Boy. You can't gatekeep shit that was, like, number one on the Billboard Top 200. Yeah. Okay? It's just not. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, Colin, we... There's no have, gate. <laughs> not anymore. They blew it up. No, uh, we have gotten to uh, over an hour at this point, and I feel like we could keep going and going, but I'm going to cut you free here so you can continue on your day, and I've... Sure. I've got to try to not eat sweets and try to just eat uh, my steak. Dude, just be happy. That's what it's all about, man. Just do whatever makes you feel good. Because right now everything sucks. So yes. if something doesn't suck, it should, you should embrace it. All right. So I'm going to go eat the rest of those cookies then, Andrew. Yeah, eat the cookies. Uh, under and your then... digression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Colin. Well, is there any other underground bands that we should kind of know about since, you know, you, you are a uh, king underground band with God's hate? So. <laughs> um. I really like the Regional Justice Center record coming out uh, this Friday. I don't know when this podcast is going up, but it could be up when it's already out. So yeah, that'll be, be out good. this Friday, which is already the Friday we just had. Yes. Um, Taylor just recorded this band called Age of Apocalypse, or he mixed a band called Age of Apocalypse, who it's definitely an acquired taste. Like he's he's singing over clean vocals over hard music. And it made me kind of feel like I was like, oh, this is what people feel when they listen to Twitching Tongues, where they're like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, does this make sense? That's the first listen. And then the second one, you're like, I can't fucking wait to hear this again. So whenever that Age of Apocalypse record comes out, it's really good. Um, So I'm excited for that. That's about it. Uh, it feels really good to talk about the God's Hate record because yeah. I just, again, I can't stress how hard. Yeah, you guys. Not only that, not only how hard the band worked on it, but like personally, I've never had as much physical stake and mental stake in in a piece of music before. Well, before we get gone here, like how how was it a struggle to just keep that in the entire time? Because you had dude, it was impossible. It, over it was year. impossible yeah. to do. Like who knew? And I didn't send it to anybody. Like I, because it's. I always feel like if if somebody sends me something too early, I don't give a fuck by the time it comes out. And I really wanted to avoid that. I kind of wanted anybody I cared about to be uh, as excited as I was at the time when 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 other people were. So it was really hard, um, and that that was a personal choice because. I'm sure it would have been a lot easier on me to just be like, "Here, everybody I know, have have this. Listen to this." Uh, but it's, I, I think the time was right as well. Like now it's like everybody's sitting inside. They're about to maybe not be sitting inside. We'll see. Uh, and just this like ultra hard record that is a combination of like every hard thing I like. It, it gets to be kind of the last thing maybe they hear on their way back into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is a is a high honor to us. And oh, good thing we started talking about the album again because I brought up a question I forgot earlier. Hey, uh, you you guys are releasing through Closed Casket, but you kind of released stuff previously for God's Hate on Metal Blade. No, Twitching Times was Metal Blade. Oh, okay. God's Hate, like, every right. single word straight across the board. Closed Casket. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, what what was this? Tra- why was the transition from? Because I know I thought originally you were on Closed Casket because you had some releases on there, or you definitely did like vinyls through there. I think. Yeah, God's Hate was as full on Closed Casket for life. 
Um, Twitching Tongues did two records on with Metal Blade, and that's done. So Twitching Tongues is whatever whatever we do next will be fully with Closed Casket as well. Cool. And uh, well, if you've gotten this far into the podcast and uh, you like closed uh, cla- closed casket activities. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have Jarhead Fertilizer on in the next couple Hey, weeks, yeah, that's weeks, a sick fucking record. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he we had him on last week. We recorded it last week, so. But, um, yeah, that was interesting, obviously, with him in um, Full of Hell and everything. So it's good mm-hmm. good shit. But, yeah, yeah. man, uh, Colin, thank you for taking the time out of the day. And I'm glad that we got to, you know, kind of be one of the first. Because um, you don't have a lot of god's hate interviews out there I don't no you're there, yeah. you're the first this is the first video one i've done for god's hate so there's that this is the only one so far we're breaking boundaries left and right here that's right let's up. do it all right colin again thanks man and all the best for uh the record coming out and if you haven't oh, well you will be li- able to listen to it friday if you're listening to this but march 12th is when the release date is definitely go ahead and pre-order one of the Second or third pressings. I know you have a couple different other second press goes up variants. Uh, it might already, it's going to be have gone up uh, by the time this is out, but uh, March 3rd, second pressings up. Let's go ahead Low and see if we can records. sell those out after the record comes out and everyone already hears, hears it and not just life's hard, be harder, you know? <laughs> All right. That'd All be right. Nice. Colin, again, for the 14th time I've said it, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having us. And me, yeah. All right, cool. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.